May the peace, joy, and hope of the resurrection come to you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. How appropriate that our gospel lesson today uh, finds our disciples locked up in the upper room. I don't mean appropriate and as that's an appropriate response by the disciples to the resurrection. I mean, how appropriate that we certainly know a thing or two about being locked in, don't we? I mean, look at this last year, right? Last year alone, being locked in and locked up with everything COVID-related and, and whatnot. But, you know, here we are a week from Easter. And has anything changed? Has anything changed for you personally? How does this account of the disciples being locked up have to do with what we faced being locked up in this last year? And how might the gospel, how might the resurrection remedy all of this? So as I said, a week ago we celebrated Easter, and here we are a week later. Has anything changed? Well, for the disciples, no. If you ask them, no. Easter for the disciples was a great disappointment. They find an empty tomb. They find Jesus. They think Jesus' body's been stolen. They don't understand this mission of Jesus, right? He turns out to be, in their minds at that moment in time, the Savior that was not expected. They were expecting something totally different. And now, now today we find them locked up in the upper room, locked behind closed doors in fear of persecution by the Jews. It's not what we expect, or not what Jesus expects out of a disciple. But, and then of course, you know, aside from them, we know today to be Doubting Thomas Sunday, because this is the one time of the year that we all remember that account of Doubting Thomas, that most famous of all the disciples, right? The one who just refuses to believe until he puts his finger into those nail marks or puts his hand into the side or physically sees and touches Jesus. So Jesus shows up to the disciples, right? Now, I'm just going to give you the dirty rundown of the account. Shows up to the disciples, this, you know, Says hello to him, peace be with you, right? They're glad to see him. The disciples go back and tell Thomas because he wasn't there. Thomas refuses to believe, and he says, right, in his own words, unless I see in the hands of the mark of the nails, place my fingers in the mark of the nails, and place my hands inside, I will never believe. <laughs> right? And then Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up to Thomas too and says, well, here's my hands and here's my feet and here's my side. Go ahead and put your hand out. Hold your hand out, Thomas. Let me show you that I, I am truly who I said I was going to be. Right? And how is Thomas to respond? My Lord, my God. How did the disciples eight days earlier respond when Jesus showed up? They were glad. Yeah, so we all know how that all comes about. And of course, we know what Jesus says to him, right? Have you believed because you see me? Well, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So why do we find the disciples locked up today in all of this stuff? I'm going to tell you why. Why they're locked up behind closed doors, because they're not locked on to the mission of Jesus or locked in to Jesus himself. I want you to consider that for a moment. What does it mean to be locked in? Well, it's got a whole bunch of different meanings. You lock into a mortgage rate. You lock into these things, right? Locked in. Think about it in terms of sports figures, right? Um, doctors who are performing surgeries, even military guys. To be locked in means to have 
total focus on something, right? It's 100% clarity and dedication and concentration on a mission that's at hand. And what's that mean for being a disciple of Christ? To be locked into Jesus. It means focusing our lives on Christ and what his life-given mission is all about. And that also means not just believing in the resurrection, celebrating it once a year, but living Easter every single day of our lives. Living out the resurrection and taking Christ into a broken world so that they can see that our Savior is in fact indeed, indeed alive and well. But you know, there are so many things that take our focus off of Jesus. So many things in our daily lives that keep us, I don't know, locked up behind closed doors, locked up in fear, and in clouded in doubt. Look at this last year, locked up because of COVID-19, hiding behind masks, locked up in fear because of the things we hear in the news and, you know, and, and all these other things that are going on. There's people who have mourned the loss of loved ones. There's been depression and loneliness financial woes. And the trauma of it all and the scars that those things leave behind are enough to leave anybody locked up behind closed doors. But you know what? That's contrary to our mission. What did Jesus say when he appeared the first time to the disciples? What did he do? He empowered them with the Holy Spirit and he says, just as the Father sends me out, I'm sending you out. This is what we're supposed to do as Christians. Go out, not be locked in behind the closed doors, but be locked into Jesus and go forth, sent out by him as his father sent him. And that means we can't stay where we're at. we got to be locked on and, and carry on. But how do we move beyond on the locked doors? How did the disciples move beyond the locked doors? Is it Did they move on just simply because they saw Jesus? Because poof! Here's Jesus one moment when they weren't expecting him. They saw him and believed. And then all of a sudden, with great joy, they went out. Well, that certainly didn't happen the first time he appeared when Thomas wasn't with him. Because eight days later, they're still locked up. <laughs> this time they're locked up with Thomas, groaning and doubting Thomas at that. I mean, how often we've been locked up with people like that in our lives, right? <laughs> people that drive us in a noise because they just won't believe something you tell them. And if that's annoying us, just imagine how annoyed God must be with us when we doubt him and we live in fear. So this is, you know, this is what we're called to do, to move on. So as Jesus gets the disciples to move on, it's not because they've just seen. What does he do? He breathes on them. He breathes on them and he does what? He gives them the Holy Spirit. He empowers them. They move on behind the locked doors the same way that the early church moves on after Jesus ascends up into heaven, right? Because this isn't the first time Jesus disappears on them, right? He disappears right before their very eyes on the day of the ascension, gathered up in a cloud and all that and taken from their sight. But what else happens? What happens on Pentecost? The Holy Spirit's laid upon that those people, laid upon the apostles, laid upon that church, and then they all move forward. So Jesus comes forward and says, peace be with you. Breathes on them, gives them the spirit. But in the meantime, he shows them their hands. So it's forgiveness, right? It's forgiveness, and it is his presence, and it is peace, and it's his scars, his hands, his wounds that cause those people 
to move forward. But what about us? I mean, I know we're getting older as a congregation, but we weren't there 2,000 plus years ago when Jesus appeared to those disciples. We weren't at the tomb, right? We weren't there at the cross when he died. We weren't there at his ascension. So how do we move forward? How do we do these things? Well, the Gospel of John leaves us with some powerful words. The very end of our account today, it says, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Well, us good Lutherans know what? We know what do we believe about Scripture? We believe that it is the living, breathing Word of God. That living, breathing Word that convicts us and comforts us, that governs our daily lives, that nurtures our faith, and then along with the Holy Spirit, empowers us, right? We, that Holy Spirit we received in our baptisms, that empowers us and moves us forward, guides us to step out into faith to carry out His mission. So for us to move beyond the locked doors and lies, we've got to be locked into Jesus, locked into His Word. That's how important Holy Scripture is. We can't sit idle, locked back, locked back behind you know, closed doors in fear. There are people in this world who need that peace of Christ, who need forgiveness, who need the way, the truth, and the life. You know, when the first disciples of Christ remained together in Jerusalem uh, during the early days of the church, they were called followers of the way. Followers of the way. In life and conduct, they represented kind of a new way of life. They were called to conduct their lives differently than those who surrounded them, than those who were non-believers. And this church, as we see in our lesson from Acts today, was together. A full number. Some estimated that full number to be 5,000 plus people. A full number together as one in heart and soul. What I said together is one in heart and soul. This was a church that stayed together, that prayed together, that shared all their belongings and nobody went without. And furthermore, with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them. Man, talk about a church that was locked in to Christ, that was locked into his mission. And they continued empowered by the Holy Spirit, in unity. And as we find out later in Acts, the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Outstanding. Imagine what our communities might look like if the church today modeled that early church. Imagine if we followed their lead, how people's lives, to include our own, would be changed for the better. The peace that might be experienced. God's peace, not our peace, but God's peace. I mean, look, look around. Imagine how we can transform lives by using what, what God's blessed us with. How can we use the space of our campus to bless others with the talents and food and with meeting their needs with the resources we've been provided with? How could, how could we get out behind these four walls of the sanctuary and get out beyond Ascension's property to use those same talents and gifts to bless people where they are? just as Jesus comes to us wherever we're at in our lives. But how about we stop imagining and actually do it?
Imagine what that would look like. Yeah, that means we got to come out of our comfort zone. That means that we got to bust through those locked doors and get out behind our fears and our doubts and get out into the world and do those things. And I don't know about you, but there isn't a day that goes by in my life where I'm not shedding at least one tear or, or feeling more and more heartbroken on a daily basis as I witness the violence that goes on in this world. The violence and the oppression, the hatred and the discrimination, the racism, right? The corruption, the poverty, either witnessing it firsthand or on a daily basis watching it on the news. And I'm tired of it. It's wearing me out. I'm tired that we continue to live as a broken people. And I'm tired that we sit by, myself included, and do nothing. <laughs> That's not what Jesus calls us to do. He sends us out just as his father sends his, him out. We can't wait and hope that things get better or wait for something or somebody else to come in and do it for us. It goes against our callings. And we certainly can't live in fear behind locked doors because that's not the way, the truth, and the life. And this all goes back then to the resurrection. If we believe in the resurrection of Christ, then we shouldn't just experience that on Easter or believe it and celebrate it on Easter. We should live it out day to day to day. However many days God blesses us within our lives. You know, it's, it's easy to have a mountaintop experience on Easter and then turn around on Monday and be right back down in the doldrums of life again, broken. But empowered with the Holy Spirit, same Holy Spirit we get in our baptisms, right? Empowered with that Holy Spirit then, then we can go out living in the peace of Christ, being locked into Jesus, and we can move forward, and our lives will be a witness to a broken world that our Savior, our Savior that we just celebrated His resurrection is alive. Indeed, He's alive. He's risen, and He's well. And you know, when we falter, because we're going to do that, we're going to have times when fears and doubts cloud us and want us to lock behind closed doors. Christ is with us, bringing us his peace and showing us the trauma of the cross. Because not even a tomb, not even the death or locked doors can prevent the love and peace of Christ from reaching you and I. We can't sit idle. We cannot not share that peace with the broken world. We cannot not show that light that, that Christ has so shown through us, through his works. The grace and mercy and peace of Christ has a way of doing things to people, has a way of showing us that no matter what the world does to us, all things are possible. All good things are possible. And we are witnesses of that. We're witnesses to his resurrection. As God has done those things in our lives. So I pray, let us lock into Jesus. Let us lock into his mission and live out the resurrection and showing the world that we believe that he is risen. Not only that we believe, but that he is indeed risen and alive and well. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen.